Welcome to the Creative Minds Podcast with me, Callum Hughes. Something for your mind. So for this episode of the Creative Minds Podcast, I'm joined by Morgan Bennett. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with Morgan, uh, he used to be an event manager for Shindig, which is one of the most recognised underground electronic brands in the Northeast. And now he does A&R for Patrick Toppin's record label Trick, as well as helping with the events. And he's also his tour manager. So I'm just going to invite him in now. Easy, Hello. mate. Yeah, How are you doing? Yeah, good. Looking a bit formless, but <laughs> all good, mate. I know, I know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how how are you keeping at the moment? Um, good. I'm just um Neither do I, mate. I think that's probably just because uh, puberty hasn't hit me, even though I'm 26. That's probably my excuse, to be fair. No, I mean, I, I didn't start getting a beard until about two months ago or something. <laughs> <laughs> All good. So, yeah, just before we dived in, I was interested to know, because I think when I met you at Sonus, which was in September last year, obviously your schedule with, with Patrick is non-stop relentless so yeah. just before everything went into lockdown what what was the last kind of event you were involved with was it trick or were you on tour with him at the time or what what was the situation with the events just before everything stopped uh it was new year's day um up in uh scotland um yeah that was my last last gig really in new year's because patrick was going over to do his American tour, right, um, and had a bit of time off as well for his birthday and stuff like that in February. So it was actually I, I was already on a bit of time of time off from uh, before it all kicked off. To be honest, because um, Haley's wife she does more like the long haul stuff. Like I, I've done the odd off thing, but um, the sort of like. The the do they obviously do the gigs, but the it's more of like their time together as well. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, of course. These yeah. like beautiful places across the world and stuff like that. So you you get to go to uh... there. They don't want Piggy in the middle there. <laughs> I'm, I'm already I already get on the nerves. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> now it do, it does make sense though. I mean, there's it is a difficult one. I suppose everyone's got their own preferences but it's completely understandable obviously because he's i've only met him a couple of times uh it was really nice you know like he, he made a lot of time for me when i met him briefly in croatia but it's, it's understandable obviously if you've got a wife you know and if if he turned around to his missus and said you want to come to glasgow and you're going to south america she'd be thinking what's the crack here yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah 
they get me involved with with a lot of stuff and, I, and to be fair in december i did actually go to south america with them which was like a dream come true for me because i've never i've never been to south america and it was just yeah. a complete like culture shock it was it was unreal um but yeah like I, I i think it's i think it's important as well for them to in his busy schedule that although although they are working that they do have that time to really sort of uh see the world with like themselves do you know what i mean yeah of course absolutely but I, I suppose that was probably a bit frustrating then because if you were busy over New Year's and then you had a bit of a break, you were probably raring to go and then oh, everything stopped. Believe me, believe me, I was like, lit- it was like, uh, what was it? Like a week or something prior to my first gig going back in like, I think it was April, at the start of April anyway. And then we're going to lockdown at the end of March and just, absolute nightmare i mean the only good thing that, uh, that that's come from covid is really the fact that i've been able to train a bit and just get myself feeling better like yeah and and, and i'm just raring to go now but yeah we've still got a bit of waste yes but we'll get and, uh, hopefully not too much longer but just just before we talk more later on about your involvement with trick and the, the tour management i just wanted to discuss more about your journey in promoting an, an event management so i mean i've been to newcastle a handful of times but like i said to you before my cousin lives up in newcastle and even if you haven't been to a city, you're still familiar with certain brands. And obviously Shindig is one of the main ones that pops out when you look at the lineups and, you know, you're booking Capri artists, yeah. Jamea Jane Coles is all, all basically the biggest yeah, artists yeah. in the industry. So I think there's, there's a lot of people who especially that are aspiring promoters and they want to climb that ladder. I think it's important to discuss your journey so far. Cause and obviously there's still, you know, you've still got a long way ahead, a lot of things you yeah. want to achieve, but did you start off initially with Shindig or did you start off at the very bottom then you weren't your stripes and then you kind of got recognised by the more serious well, promoters? I mean, I had to earn my stripes, but um, like my uh, Scott Bradford, who owned, who was uh, the starter of Shindig, like he's, he's basically like being my father figure in my life and, and like, um and just someone that I've always aspired to and and he always hinted for us to get involved. Yeah. But until I was like until I'd sort of made up my mind myself, there was no point really in getting involved. But then when I did decide to get involved, it was about the eight I think I was like twenty one. Yeah. Um, I ha- he was like, right, okay, but then I had to, uh, I mean, we're, we're at a warehouse and I had to stack fences before the event started and straight after the event started, I had to take the fences down and in the worst conditions ever. Yeah. No, literally like crying by the time I'd finished. And like that lasted for so, for like years and, and, and obviously, I got to stand, stand side stage and then 
I just sort of like, I just sort of built up the trust with them and between Scott and, and Neil. Yeah. Um, and then I became artist liaison for Shindig. And I guess it's just sort of like, with Shindig, we're, we're, we're priding ourselves on building relationships and we just kept on sort of, I kept on building that strength with all these artists who are getting and just build it. Well, I mean, I always like to build a community rather than just sort of say hi and then goodbye at the end of the night. Like, I yeah. like to talk to someone, I like to get to know them. Yeah. But then, then that developed into me being a, the event manager, and like, that was like, whoa, I'm like, I'm part of it, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that was like a real turning point for us yeah um and yeah and then i I mean in 2014 when we did the day and night festival that was like a pivotal point in in real in my career because um i'd met uh, damien simon from um wales project yeah 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 He, he was involved and i met rick um michelle as well uh, from Love Live Logistics, um, and and they both sort of like give me the tools to develop my skills and like really really give the time with us. And actually, I I remember at at the Shindig at Shindig day and night, I was like on the edge of on the edge of my seat, like should I ask them, should I not? And then I asked them if I could do park life and I was like yeah no problem and I was like shit that's, <laughs> that's the first major festival I'm going to be a part of and I don't have a clue what I'm doing yeah. and, then, and then I just got involved with festivals and like just I, I mean I did this I did all I did all the festival circuit for free well I say free I got like my accommodation and everything and like I'm well, tr- well like they treat you well and stuff like that but like financially it's quite like a hard yeah. sort of thing to do like I've, I mean I was working like a full-time job while doing these festivals just to fuel that and then yeah yeah I, just, I guess it's just a snowball effect really like just building yourself up with relationships and yeah just, yeah. I think and I think that's probably why me and you got on so well when I when I met you straight away because I remember you laughing when I was talking to you and you turned around and you said fucking hell mate you remind me of, you you remind me of me back in the day like yeah, try, yeah. trying to like hustle and that and and that's what it's all about if you if you go about things in the right way and you build that relationship for the long run and you stay in contact and you're genuine people do see that and it's, and it's consistency as well isn't it but well, Patrick's just joined anyway at the bottom. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But um, I think that was a really important point you were mentioning before as well, is how with earning your stripes, you have to do the hard graft and get your hands dirty before you get given the bigger opportunities. And Well, yeah. I um, mean, I mean uh, honestly, my, my journey from where I started to getting the job with Patrick was literally about six years in the making, and it was almost all experience. And I'm not saying that that's, that's necessarily what everyone has to go through, but I feel like the music industry isn't always like, it isn't always easy or linear. Like you do have to really, really be passionate about it in yeah, order to get where you want to be. If you're passionate and you give enough time to it, it will treat you greatly at the end of it. Yeah. I'm sure you probably had in the past as well, and it's something that I've experienced where people have maybe approached you because they know who you are and they'll say, oh, do you reckon you could sort me out this job with artist liaison? on it? It's like, it's not as easy as that. Like you yeah. have to be willing to do flyering, ticket scanning, you know, yeah. help, helping set up I before mean, the event even starts yeah. to get I those mean, opportunities. My, I mean, yeah, so like my, the, at the same time, in the, the the community of park life has always been a great stepping stone for that because Damien and James and all the guys from Wales Project are so welcoming and, and you can start off in the festival circuit, do an experience and start at the very bottom and they'll 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 treat you treat you like their own their child. Honestly, they're they're like. Yeah. I mean, the the Michelle, James, Damien, all that from from the festival circuit, they've 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 like nurtured me and give me the tools to get where I am, and that and that goes for anyone that wants to get into it. That that they can get to that point easy enough. They just have to put the time in and really want it as well. Yeah. I think pa- passion is the main thing there because if you if you want the bigger position that much, you'll be willing to start from the very bottom to work to work your way up. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So the next part I wanted to discuss was uh, if you don't mind me asking, how how old are you now? I've just turned twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. So so you started off early twenties. So that that's another point as I think. In the world of social media, people might look at you now when you know you you're obviously lucky enough, and you know it's 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 not lucky. As I don't yeah. really like using the word luck too much. It's like you're blessed and you're fortunate through your hard work to now be able to go on the private jets and and everything yeah, else. Yeah. But people don't see all the work that you've put in all the years prior to that, and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes years and years of persistence and hard yeah. work and and everything else. I think, I- I think all those years as well mount up to how you carry yourself in your fu- in your future years as well because you get you get given like a lot of twists and turns on the way that 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 someone at the start probably couldn't deal with but yeah I mean yeah you just it's definitely a layered effect of just building up and and getting to to the point where you can you can really make a career out of it and yeah yeah 
I think we've, we've probably touched on some of the points, but I mean, looking back on your journey so far and the fact that you've managed to make a success out of it and obviously, you know, a, a decent career now, what, what advice would you give other than what we've already covered to up and coming promoters? And I mean, obviously I know that it's very unpredictable at the moment. I mean, I had Wilf, I had Wilf who you know as well, who's heavily involved with Lost yeah. and Found and Hideout. And obviously he works at like the very top end of the spectrum, but especially with how unpredictable things are looking in like a, a post COVID-19 world, what, what advice would you have for anyone who look, wants to look to go into promoting or anyone that wants to look to, to climb the ladder? Well, I, w- I would say like, don't be scared to do it at the end of the day. Like everyone's on a different path. Everyone goes at different speeds. There's, I mean, it, it's quite daunting when say, there's a major promoter putting on like one of the one of the big acts in in town, but I mean Patrick started off putting on a, a rave with his mates and then ended up being like putting on the biggest DJs in the whole world on his on his night and Shindig started off as just all all them just DJing um, at their own night and then they just built up a community and just built up that and I think I think just stay humble and just be like don't be too pushy with your with your progression just start off small and don't get too ahead of yourself some people book in these acts that are like way way too advanced and put push money behind it and I feel like that translates into the crowd and the crowd can tell that it's more of a um, money maker rather than yeah. a, than a, um, a natural sort of event. I feel like the, those natural events really bring an atmosphere that's unmatchable to the ones that are fueled with loads of money behind it. Yeah, I agree, 100%. And I don't think that anyone starting off should, should, be, should be scared about that. Just chip in a bit of money with your mates, hire a function room and get going from there. <laughs> yeah, it is, I think it is better, especially if you've got a solid team of residents as well and then you build a good reputation, yeah. you know, through, through like your music policy. And like you say, if it's a community, then all the residents, you know, you've got that family connection and, you know, you're all singing off the, the same hymn sheet. And like you say as well, being humble, you know, making that time for people who, you know, buy a ticket, come to your event, and then gradually, you know, the, the better reputation you get, and then when you grow organically, you are then going to start making a bit of money. Then you can think, all right, now we can start booking the yeah. artists that we we actually really want to book. No, but, yeah, definitely. But I think there's some, some really good points there. But So I, I wanted to discuss next um, kind of your relationship with with patrick and uh obviously i think from when i started listening to underground house music this was probably back in 2014 or 2015 i think that's roughly the period when hot creations was the first label that i really got into and it was obviously likes of him richie ahmed did did you know him around that point or did you not really know him back then um i didn't actually know patrick i mean my my first encounter with Patrick was actually at the Shindig 
Day and Night Festival in 2014, he, Jamie Jones was playing, and I think Forget Forget was already out. I'm, I'm pretty sure Forget had just come out. Yeah. And I remember thinking, who's that kid up there? Yeah. Uh, with Jamie, and someone was like, oh, he's a local lad. lad um, do you not know that song, Forget? And I was like, fucking hell, that's him. <laughs> but, and then, um, I, I, I don't, I didn't actually, actually know, know him on the, um, on the build-up, really. But, I mean, if you've ever seen Patrick live, you know for a fact he's just got, he just, he's got you in the palm of his hands by one song in. Yeah. He's just he'll just he'll just take you on a journey. I just I honestly I remember the first well I I'd, I'd looked after him once at, at Park Life prior to um my first time in digital with him and I was doing visuals for him and uh through Gabriel Days another big promoter in Newcastle he does like Apex. Yeah. Um, he he got us involved with motion because he was involved with motion at the time and um i was just doing visuals and all my mates were with us in the booth as well but and and i remember I, i'm just going on and i was like what the hell is going on yeah i've, I've never seen a dj like go like so across the spectrum like that before um and I was uh, actually jokingly, well, I didn't jokingly say I was prob, I was probably in party mode, and I was like, I want to be involved with him. I want to be Ivory's tour manager or something. And we're talking like 2015 now, when I first said that, and I, and it sounds like it, it sounds a bit like a cliche, but I never ever took myself off that yeah. um, idea of being his tour manager. He used to come to Hideout Festival, him and Haley, and I used to be like nudging Haley in the arm, like, oh, get us involved in all this stuff, and like saying, oh, I would be good at that, and she was like, yeah, yeah, okay, and stuff like that. And I just would never, ever, ever give up. I didn't bug them about it, but I definitely was sort of like an arm's length away from them. I wouldn't, I, I, I was always trying to like, push my skills wherever wherever I could, whether it be doing like a music video for them or like a promo video for the event and then Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing as well, if if you go out of your way to show that you're passionate and you want to be involved, but like you say, you do it in the right way and you're not too pushy, then yeah. people know that you're wanting to be involved for the right reasons. Yeah. As as well. Because I think that's that's a lot of what I what I've come across so far in the industry is that you'll have like people that are up and coming and people aren't really interested, whereas you were interested yeah. back in the day, but then as soon as someone blows and they know there's money to be made, then all of a sudden they take an interest and that's where I think yeah. especially artists do have to take a step back and think, yeah. is this person wanting to be involved with me for the right I, reasons? Yeah, I think I think there's a level of, I think there's a fine line between passion and being um, like uh, like pushy about something. Mm. I feel like pushy is more of a short term thing, and if you're passionate about it, 
you'll take a couple of nose, you'll take a couple of hits on the chin. Yeah. And, and if you keep on going back in not a relentless way, but in like a proactive way, like with with different things and, and what you can help with and various other things, I feel like that, that stands the test of time and, and it ultimately got me where I wanted to be, so why can it not happen for someone else? Yeah, definitely. I think it's funny, it's, especially with you being based up in Newcastle, it's just like consistently showing face and just yeah. constantly being out wanting to be involved because especially because it's such a competitive industry as well, is if you, you know if you take your foot off the gas, then someone else may potentially want to take your yeah. place. And it, it is difficult at times because you feel like, oh, I need a bit of a break, but it's the passion that keeps you going that's what keeps yeah. that's what keeps you driven more than anything i think i think the counteracts that feeling that like anxiety of someone else can swoop in which don't get us wrong in the music industry that 100 percent can happen like no one no one is safe mm. necessarily but i feel like if you're truly honest with the person you're working with yeah and you never and you never sort of like I don't I, I don't know the word for it really, but if 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 you don't sort of if you don't bullshit them, that's probably the best mm. best way to describe it. And you just sort of just build up that relationship with them. There's no reason why you can't be be working with each other for the rest of yeah, each other. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think to be honest, that, that's personally me in the past, how how I've been in terms of overthinking. You get into, because you get into like such a good operating rhythm and you, you're always working, yeah. then I'll kind of think to myself, and, and it's not because I worry about the people that I work with, you know, like p- pushing me along and yeah. replacing me with someone else. I, I think it's just naturally, you just want, you want to be there all, all the time, but at the same time, you, you have to have that time for yourself, which I, yeah. which I do and which as, I do agree with. But as I said at the start, everyone runs at different speeds. I mean, it'll get to the point where someone slows down and then someone else is like, can pick up certain areas that you necessarily aren't, not, not equipped for you, you like, you don't want to stretch yourself too thin, I suppose. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. But I think I, th- I feel like as an operation, if if your ultimate goal, like my ultimate goal, is to make Patrick the best artist he possibly can be, mm. and if that if that means say someone steps in now and then helping on certain projects to make his his overall outcome. The best it possibly can be. I feel like you shouldn't, you shouldn't sort of be um, territorial about yeah. certain job roles. Yeah. So, so I, I, I think as long as long as you're honest and and you feel like and you bring others in to further go the the person that you're looking after. I feel like that that ultimately gives you the yeah yeah the longest career you possibly will do in the music industry yeah to be honest i think that's that's a great piece of advice and it's probably something that i'll take on board as well is i think if for me it's not necessarily 
territorial, but in, in the long run, like you say, when when a when an artist becomes a brand and it becomes yeah. like a worldwide thing, you also have to be realistic about how much you can do because if you try taking on too much, it can actually have more of a detrimental effect. Um, because you're wearing yourself thin, so you might have done a good job in one area, but then because you're so busy, you end up accidentally slipping up on something else. Whereas if you delegated that smaller role to someone else, yeah. it, it would have been sorted. So I think that's that's a really good point. And, and that's, I'm only saying that because that's happened to me a couple of times, and I've, I've been too like fixated on it being solely me that's delivering something and I've ended up messing up on it, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone learns from their mistakes and that's just I think I think that comes into into being involved in the music industry so long that you do get to experience these things and I mean I think you kinda have to as well at the same time. Like that's that gives you more legs. Yeah. Definitely. So the the next point I wanted to uh, talk more about, and obviously that's how we met, was the the hectic world of tour management, yeah. and and some of the misconceptions that probably do exist at times because of how things are portrayed on social media. So like I said before, there's no doubt that you know it it must be class, you know, going to all these different countries, you know, the, these festivals, yeah. and occasionally. Um, flying on private jets and I'm sure obviously because of the, the close relationship you have with him there's probably an abundance more positives than there is negatives but I think it's still important to tell people about the positives and the negatives as well yeah, with, yeah, with, with the job I mean yeah the positives are 100% like flying around the world meeting all these different people just generally the getting involved in the culture of everything i mean i've i've met so many people and like been to so many countries that i never ever ever dreamed that i would be involved in um and like i just I, like walking on the stage to to different countries and hearing just the pure roar of the excitement is just like I don't think unless you experience it firsthand, I don't think anyone can quite match it. It's, yeah. it's better than any substance you'll ever have in your life. <laughs> it seriously is. Like me yeah. and Patrick don't even, me and Patrick don't drink or anything when we're on tour, and and just like that excitement and that and 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 meeting these people, that's just enough for us. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the negatives, I would say. And and I'm and I, I am being picky because I honestly I do love my job. I, I don't I don't ever think of it in a negative way. But there has been times where I've been so tired that I've actually been sick in the airport going for another flight. And I remember Patrick said, I don't know if he actually said this or if I was in a delirious state. And I just saw it in his eyes. But he was like, Now you know what it's like being a touring person around the world and I just I just yeah I have been I've been so wiped out I mean we've been on a private jet before but we've been so wiped out that we've been laid flat out on the private jet and not even like you know enjoyed the enjoyed the luxury of it it's literally just been a vessel to get us faster somewhere else yeah so it's like 
two sides of the coin really it, it, it looks legit look luxurious but sometimes you, you you are wearing yourself thin but yeah all in all i love it i love it past the point of the negatives it doesn't matter to me yeah that's that's class what would you say is the, the busiest period you you've had with him so far when you said like when you wiped out when you're literally in one time zone then as soon as you finish a gig it's like out the yeah. door what would you say is the busiest you've been i mean um i'm trying to think off the top of my head but the, the, uh, that that time where we were flat out on the private jet was when we were at digital festival in amsterdam Flew to, then got a jet over to Terminal V Festival in Edinburgh. Then we had about three hours sleep and then got an, a ride, like a normal plane to um, Ireland. And then we did for Alan Fitzpatrick's, um, Alan Fitzpatrick Day was on St. Patrick's Day. And then we got a private jet from there to um valencia and by the time we got to valencia it was like five o'clock in the morning when we landed in valencia and we played and we played until like eight o'clock in the morning we're just like absolutely white as a sheet (laughs) see i think that's as well the, the next point that i wanted to come on to i think people have to be really realistic about the lifestyle because don't get me wrong, obviously I've not experienced anything like you have, but even um, last year I, I went on a just literally a UK and Ireland tour and it was three yeah. days and I was ruined after that. And it's because obviously the luxuries that you, that you get when, when you're there, you, you do yeah. abuse it because it's like, because it's there, you just, you, you end up hammering it. But then yeah. obviously you don't think about the consequences the next day and how rough you're going to feel and you've got to do it all over again. Well, and that, that, that's why me and Patrick literally don't indulge in, in all that like we 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 show up to get we're almost I would say 95% of the time if not a high percentage we're sober that's good and, man and, and yeah it's just it's just we I, I mean we function better like that I, I, I would have crippling anxiety if I was drinking every gig and uh, and i just think i think i mean i function i function better because i do all of these videos and his content while we're on tour as well and i just the minute that drink goes in your hand you know it's game over the next day so oh, no, mate. <laughs> there's, no, there's literally no point even amusing the idea of work if you're gonna have a drink the night before so yeah Definitely, but I, I was reading um, it, at the start of lockdown, obviously with uh, Jamie Jones having a lot more time, he did a Q&A and people were asking how he's adapted to the lifestyle because obviously don't get me wrong, yourself and Patrick are really busy, but then, yeah. I mean, he's just absolute, just different level, isn't he? Yeah, the amount of different yeah. places that he plays. And I saw that he said that you almost train yourself to just sleep anywhere. Uh, yeah. places that you never thought you could sleep it's, you end up just training yourself to do it yeah it's weird like I've, I, when I was younger 
I, I never, ever, ever went to sleep on an aeroplane. I would be up a height, bored, out of my mind on an aeroplane. And I was like, I've literally been like that my whole life. And then when I started touring, I, I found myself like the minute I would sit in an aeroplane seat, I would be flat out somehow. And it's just, it gets to the point where like, you, you do sleep anywhere, but it's weird because when you get home, you're up a height and you can't get to sleep. It's, it's such a weird, it, it, it's such a weird feeling. And especially if you knock your body on a different time zone, that's, that's the hardest because the world's going to sleep when you're awake and vice versa. And it's just insane to manage sometimes. Yeah, I, I can imagine. But I, I also saw that he mentioned, like I said before, everyone's got their own preferences in terms of coping, yeah. coping with the lifestyle. But I think Jamie said he'd been a vegan for a couple of years and he does like meditation and like breathing techniques. Yeah. What, what, what is it that, that you and him normally do to just try and like well, cope with the lifestyle? Well, that, last um, summer, I mean, a, a massive key thing for us was fasting. We would like do 16 hour fasts and um, like just drink black coffee when we're fasting and then start eating. And usually when we start eating, it would be like on a night time before a gig and then Patrick would play at about say three o'clock and we would have like a couple hours sleep before the actual gig and then if we timed it right we would have our last meal um when we got back to the hotel and then we wouldn't eat until the night the next night and apparently I don't know the exact science of it um, but your body starts to regenerate itself after 16 hours of fasting. And anyway, we kept on like making a game out of it. And we, and we got to the point and we would like do 24-hour fasts. And Pat is one time in Italy. Which, uh, it was my first ever 24-hour fast, right? <laughs> and we're waiting for the food to come out. And, um, and it hit 24 hours and I just literally... So I don't know if I subconsciously done it, but I got the lemon slice out of the drink and ate the full lemon slice skin and all. And Parag was like, what the hell are you doing? And I was just eating, I just had a full, and it was so bitter, but I was so starving that I had to eat it. I can imagine. But that, that's interesting, actually, because one of the artists that I work with, she she does fasting all, all the time. And she yeah, said, yeah. it's amazing like, how good it is for you like, it, it kind of like cleanses your body doesn't it it like purges no, everything out of your body and then the, the energy you get from it it's like unreal like my my the whole my sort of work my work and ethic and everything just like boosts like i feel i, I usually feel like in lockdown a hundred percent i went back to feeling lethargic and like not not really like on top I mean, I am on top of things, but not as fast as I would be. Mm. And when I'm when I'm on tour, it's all, almost like a a set schedule with that, that I can maintain because uh, we're we're looking after ourselves. We're we're not drinking. We're 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 constantly eating good food when we're when we're doing and we're tra- we're training on the fast as well and like just generally. Uh, I do feel healthier when I'm on tour. Um, 
I, I was I was training well in COVID as well, but I've sort of slipped back into back into my old ways again. But I, I'm 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 gonna try and get back. In Come on, Morgan, fucking yeah, do it, sir. Class, but um, wanted to move on next to. As I was mentioning earlier on, obviously when Patrick first had his breakthrough with the releases on your lots of hot creations, I mean obviously alongside obviously Jamie, Waff, Richie and uh, obviously a couple of other like main artists, that I think his tracks for me personally, I know everyone's got their own preferences and I'm not just saying obviously because you're on here, that that for me is what really got me into to the hot creation sound, probably as well as Waff as well, some of some of yeah. Waff's releases, but obviously in more recent years, he's had a change in direction more w- with his sound, which um, yeah. I wanted to discuss a, a little bit more about, because um, obviously Trick um, with the with the music policy and uh, the philosophy of, of the label, it seems yeah. very like, high energy, like up-tempo yeah, kind, kind of sounds. So, um, and obviously, then your role, how you come in with with the A and R, and I suppose really how how close you must have to work with him to have to adapt, because obviously his sound and his direction has changed yeah. in in recent years. So yeah. wanted to discuss a little bit more really about Trick and like how that came about and what what the long term goals are with that. I think I think well touching on the A and R side anyway. I think just generally watching Patrick live and just sort of getting a taste for his like music style and and what he loves has rubbed off on us and I mean we both love all types of music we all we listen to every genre of music imaginable and I, I feel like as long as you're sending something in that you've truly put a hundred percent into, um, and you're really passionate about. Like we were, we're a friendly company. Well, I'll always listen to your music, and I mean, ninety percent. Uh, well, I'm putting a percentage on it. As much as I can, anyway, I will reply back and I will critique it, um, and. I don't exactly know what I'm looking for, to be honest. All I know is that I love I love music, and if it's got something, I, I look I look for something that's high energy, and if it's got like a couple of twists and turns in the way, something that surprises us, something that gives it a bit flair. Um, just, but generally, just all good music. I, yeah. I, we're, we're happy to accept anything, and then. We've got like a filter system, so say, say I I have like a I usually have like a document full of the ones that I've picked, and then I'll send it through to Patrick, and he'll like either sit on it for a bit, or he'll try a couple out, or so sometimes he he knows instantly. Like for instance, you you and McVigger, um, he sent through some stuff, and I was like blown away by it. I was like, I, I just knew that that was right for the label at that point. And, and I listened to it that night and then I give it to Patrick while we're traveling and he played it in Medusa Festival. Uh, Dorian uh, was the first one he played. 
and they, uh, he turned over and he was like, get on email to him now, we're signing him out. I was like, yes, that was that was my first ever breakthrough like on A&R and I felt like I'd really hit hit like a new level there. I, I, was, I was so proud of myself at that point yeah. because I... I've never signed someone before, so I was just like buzzing off it. Yeah, but I think that that's credit to you though as well for the fact that because you know him that well as an artist and and you knew that it was probably going to go down well with him, and the fact that you discovered a hidden gem, an undiscovered talent that no one else really knew about, and I think that's really important nowadays. Is don't get me wrong, obviously with the relationships that you and Patrick have built with your more established artists, you want to have you know, you're more established producers on the label, but it's also really good that you're using it as a platform to give an opportunity to the talented up-and-coming artists that maybe don't get a look in from a lot of other labels. I feel like that's the special thing about Trick. Um, anything goes with our label. You, you can be well-established or you can literally be a nobody that's, that worked that and we're happy to put that trust behind you it doesn't matter and it doesn't well well like we we don't care like about the aesthetics of what you look like or where you're from it's all about it, it, it's, it is all about the music and that that will that won't other things won't sway our judgment on, on anything and i just want everyone to know that we're like we're we love hearing from everyone, whether whether we accept it or not. We're like, we'll, we will give you the time of day, and yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just good. It's honestly, it's so, it's it's so, um, warming to see that people have have jumped on it so fast, and like the amount of emails that come through, it's like astonishing considering how young the brand is. Just yeah. Smith. I love it. I, <laughs> I, love, I, I love that everyone is, likes to be a part of it. You know what I mean? It's class. Yeah. Now that is that's top. But that that's another point that I was going to ask more about is, to be honest, personally for me, I'm not that surprised that that many people want to be involved with the brand because I think, like Patrick now, not just within Newcastle, but he, within the UK and further, has become like a, a household, like staple name. Yeah now so obviously there's going to be a lot of people sending demos and there's a lot of people out there as well that have got this uh, misconception and this negative mindset that because they're not really that well known or I've, I've, I've got no chance of getting on the label when clearly yeah. the how because Ewan managed to get on there but how how did it come about with with him sending the demos in did he literally just simply send it to a demo email or did he contact you directly how, how did it come about he sent he sent a demo through yeah that's all that happened <laughs> simple as that honestly we um i, I listen to everything um and I, I, I might get the point where we we have to have a couple of us doing it but yeah we will we will listen to everything and i i, I just I just want to want to stress that like do not be frightened to send a demo through to us like that I'm quite like introverted in that in that sense like I would be that person sat there with an email written out and I wouldn't press the send button because I would be too frightened of the consequences.
consequences on the other side of it. But we like our if you don't get get an email back, then then that's just because of how busy we are. But yeah, in in a general sense, we try and get back to every single person, and and especially if so, if there's if there's like someone young, and I can tell that it's maybe that first one that they sent through to a record label. I'll I'll spend a bit extra time and critique it and just tell them what I would change and how I would go about um, with the delivery of it. And for some people, the sound just isn't right for Trick. And in that instance, I just I just tell them a couple of brands that um, I think they would be good on, and then and this actually helps with a lot of people like. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of people that have got in touch with us and said, look, uh, you pointed us in the direction of a certain label and now they're listening to my music and some of them are playing my music. And, I mean, that that's just as much as an achievement to me is us signing someone because that means that there's another person um, getting in the music industry and, and finding their way. Yeah. Now that's that's wicked, man. Bit big up for that because, I mean, I, I get that you know some some labels that are on a, you know, like a completely different level, and that's obviously no disrespect to Trick because, like you say, it's, it's it's only in its infancy. But because some labels are that busy, not all of them have the time to give tailored tailored responses. But I think it's really important that for anyone sending demos to a record label, they at least do a little bit of research about the releases. Um, pro- pro- prior yeah. to prior to sending we, it in, we are, we do get the pit, like people coming in and they've like sort of listen to Pat Rattelius earlier stuff and it's just sort of it's it's on a it's on just a different path to what we're we're on now. Yeah, and I'm not and it, it's without a doubt the bigger you are as a label probably the less amount you can reply back to because of just the influx of so many emails coming in but yeah i mean i mean at the at the time being it's manageable and like it's it's nice to connect with everyone and yeah i do hope that we can grow further and and obviously we get more emails through because more is obviously better and it means more music we get to listen to so yeah, I think I think uh, as a theme, everyone's on a different different uh, road on and yeah. we're just at the beginning of ours and yeah, and I'm and I'm sure we've got a bright future ahead of us. No, abs- absolutely. I think that that goes without saying, mate. Especially the the fact that it works as a as a family as well. That that for me, with my like couple of years of experience, I've noticed is really imperative because. You, you can have a lot of creative minds and a lot of people that have that entrepreneurial mindset, but if if everyone's clashing and everyone's not working together, um, you know, then it, it's kind of destined for failure. I suppose it's like having yeah. a, a really good football team where you've got a load of class footballers, but if you haven't got the chemistry, then you're not going to get the results, no, are definitely. you? So. I mean, yeah, me and me, Haley and Patrick, like go on like best mates. Do you know what I mean? Like we're we're all what the there's a definitely a, a connection there that that's 
spread through Trick as well, I think. And, and, and there's like a level of passion there that just is unmatchable to like say something that's just generically made and, and a couple of people just getting together um, with just a, a certain goal in mind. We don't necessarily have an end goal. We're just enjoying where we're heading at the minute and just taking every step we can. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I, hope, I hope that anyone that comes down to our events feels the that family aspect to it and that we're all sort of connected because that's what we do try and push yeah definitely i mean just furthermore as well about uh record labels now because especially over the last couple of years because the scene has become a lot more saturated i think it goes without saying now if, if you want to make it big in the industry you, you have to be producing music i think just being a yeah. dj now it just doesn't really you could be an amazing vinyl selector and collector and have technical ability but if you want to go to that international level on the circuit and playing festivals, you you have to have your own sound. And I think there's there's probably too many people now that probably like rush sending tracks yeah. to, to to labels. Where you're better off just if it takes a couple of years, it takes a couple of years. Um, you know, wait to send your music until it's the right time. And I think don't get too obsessed as well about sending to one particular label because don't get me wrong there's a lot of people that their dream is signing to your hot creations probably yeah. going to be your tricks or your defectives but you know there's nothing wrong with having that long-term um goal in sight but you know there's plenty of other good labels out there and you know if you don't get a response or if you don't get a yes then you know that's not the be all and end all of your career at yeah, all definitely not. I, I think I think, yeah, if you're going in it, I mean, if you were an apprentice builder and you've only learned how to put a couple of bricks together, you wouldn't go and build a house, would you? So, like, at the end of the day, if, you te- if you're sending your first demo and, and you've just, it's your first production, you can't expect always to be signed to a major label and... Yeah. And... That's that's sort of like why I like to critique some people because I, I think I think some people it knocks their confidence and it sends them on a different path because they haven't been able to get that nurturing aspect to it and a lot of people do have a negative outlook on the music industry in that sense because the they don't get a reply back so then it just fuels the hatred for certain record labels and I mean I get I see people posting like why am I making music but not getting signed well just just take a bit of time and just develop your own sound and yeah and and get something that you're happy with and I mean if if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but at least if you put your all into your productions and made yourself established in your own right then why why can't why can't you have a career as, as a producer yeah definitely and i think for me as well and i'm sure you would agree because i really appreciated your emphasis at the beginning of the call about the importance of building relationships is it with some of these labels 
like you say, with you, it's good that you know you have that generic um demo email that you're actually properly monitoring. But some labels yeah. maybe aren't on that as much, and that's where if you're really determined to get signed, then you will make that effort to find out who is the A and R, and you know trying to reach out to them, taking a genuine yeah. interest because everyone works differently as a label. Like I've spoken to some artists and they prefer getting sent links in WhatsApp. <laughs> Rather yeah. than rather than a Google Mail, but if you find out who's involved with the brand and you make that conscious effort to, you know, go to the parties or reach out to them on their personal social media accounts, but you do it in a polite way. Obviously, yeah. it goes without saying. Always try the demo email first, but if you are a little bit stuck, then there are other ways around it. And as long as you go about that in the right way, there is a way for your music to to get heard. Yeah, I mean, I I get I guess people that. Have- like send a demo through and then they'll like give us a message on Facebook like saying I've sent a demo through and being dead polite about it and it makes us want to listen to the demo whether it's yeah. or not that's a different matter but it, I think the way you approach it is definitely how is more likely for someone to listen to it anyway Yeah. and especially once we get bigger them sort of things might be an integral part of getting the demo listened to and getting critiques of us. Yeah, because I think you can be a really talented producer, but if you have the wrong mindset, I mean, mindsets can be changed if you surround yourself with the right people. That's the way yeah. that I see it. You, you're, you're, yeah. a, you're, a, you're a product of the individuals you surround yourself with. Definitely. But if, if you have a bad attitude and you have this, you know, this entitlement, then like you say, because of your philosophy as a brand, you're not about that. So you could be a really talented producer, but if you're going about things in the right way, then do you really want to work with that individual? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. But one final question for you, because I think the hour's almost up before Instagram fucking kicks us off. But uh, apart from Ewan, who who are your ones to watch at the moment? I know you probably don't want to give too much away because you've probably got you, your eye on some for trick that you don't you don't want others to know about, but who are your ones to watch? Oh, you're putting us on the spot here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm quite bad with stuff like this. Um, oh, well, we've got, we've got some good ones, come, like Ludes. It was just um, is releasing with us. Um, his stuff's like ridiculous, and yeah, I can't really say too much to be honest. Nah, nah, it's all good. We I, kind, I know. We yeah. kind of, we kind of like the the surprise element to to our stuff. Like we, yeah, I, I feel like there's not a lot of surprises. Who are you liking outside of Trick though? Outside of Trick, who do you see as like the you know the breakthrough artists that are, that are coming through the ranks? Um, Sam, uh, Sam Gerlin. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I really like his stuff. Um, that I'm listening to at the minute. Um, trying to think. To be honest, through COVID, right? Other than demos, I've been list. I've took the time rather than listening to like dance music. I've been listening to like say like albums like Harry Styles and all this like I wasn't expecting that mate I tell you honestly (laughs) honestly, like his new album is unreal like loads of and like Kanye's 
love Kanye, so like, yeah. I've listened to all of his catalogue. Sorry to interrupt you, Matt. I think it's literally about to finish, but um, 